It is Tuesday, the 7th of June. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. Tim Gilbert here. I'm joined by my co-host Shane Lee. Shane, I was flicking through some of the history pages and it's quite a day for birthdays when it comes to the world of entertainment. Liam Neeson has a birthday today. The late Prince would have turned 64, I think, today. And of course, a a favourite of yours and mine, Dean Martin, would have had a birthday today today. at Samore, of course, all those wonderful movies with Jerry Lewis. Mate, genius of a bloke. I've been watching a few of them. He used to host a show uh, called The Roast, and he'd basically get on there and roast people absolutely hammered. <laughs> it's good viewing on YouTube. But, yeah, uh, Liam Neeson too, mate. How does he keep that resting bitch face for a whole movie? I don't know. Oh, what an accent. <laughs> what an accent. Yeah, that's a few birthdays today, ladies and gentlemen, on the 7th mm. of June. We've got a huge show on the way. Raphael Nadal makes a worrying revelation. That foot's a real problem for him. Ben Sawyer an Australian cricket coach goes to New Zealand as they all seem to be heading overseas and Latrell Mm. Mitchell dramas with his comeback John O'Brien is a legend of Australia's beer industry in 2003 he dreamed of producing a great tasting beer that could be enjoyed by everyone free from the ill effects of mass produced wheat and barley John began a brewing journey blending unique aromas and flavours offered by ancient grains such as sorghum and millet He perfected recipes over time which have led to 40 local and international awards, including three gold medals at the Australian International Beer Awards, a gold medal at the Indies and a silver medal at the Beer World Cup. Proudly 100% Aussie-owned, made in Ballarat, O'Brien Beer is Australia's most awarded gluten-free beer and widely available around Australia through major retailers and online at rebellionbrewing.com.au. O'Brien Beer, the beer that loves your back. So, Rafa, he's won this French Open, the 14th French Open, of course, as you mentioned yesterday, in fine fashion. But he's come out in the media conference and said this foot that he has, a problem foot, of course, he needs injections pretty much to get out on court. He can't keep doing it. He said he's looking to find a solution. He is 36 years of age, so something's going to catch up. Yeah, and he goes really hard, doesn't he? And the amount of the, the long rallies that he has, and uh, yeah, to have an injection before every match at the French Open, um, it's obviously very serious. They're, they're pain numbing mm. um, injections. He said he's got a potential solution he's going to have a look at um, in the next month. Uh, failing that doesn't work. He will have to have probably surgery. And then he said, look, he could be out for a long time with that major surgery with no guarantee of coming back. So I think uh, Rafa, now he's too too clear. Uh, he's probably seriously looking at retirement, I would suggest. Yeah, Iga Swiatek, um, she dominated, of course, mm. to win the women's final. And it was interesting to watch some of her comments uh, post-match. And, and part of it was, I'd love to play Ash Barty now when I'm fully fit because Ash sort of demolished her in, um, in Adelaide late last year. But uh, that's not going to happen anytime soon. No, and uh, she could probably thank Ash <laughs> uh, for retiring at, at the, the ripe old age of 25. Mm. But look, she's um, she's playing very well, Swiatek, as, as you mentioned. Uh, WTA ranking, she's now 4,000 points clear of second um, Annette Conviet. Uh, and going from strength to strength. But uh, yeah, 35 consecutive victories in a row for 
uh, over at Sweartech. What about Chapter 95 in the slapathon between Tomic and Kyrgios? <laughs> Just slap after slap. <laughs> you know, Kyrgios coming out saying, oh, Tomic's broke. He had to lend some money to get him back from Shanghai. Now, Tomic's come back on social media and said, what are you talking about? I lent you money in Atlanta, and just for the record, you haven't paid me back. Um, this is this is really this is really uh, schoolyard stuff. It is, but I think even Nick Kyrgios is getting bored of this now. And uh, the the one person that can gain from this sort of uh, out and out um, uh, argument is Tomic, and he's not relevant anymore. I think the best thing Nick could do is just shut up and let this thing die. And uh, yeah, it, it, I think I think they're, they're both right in some in some ways, but. Uh, yeah, Nick can move on. He's he's still playing in the top line tennis tournaments, and and Tomic is not. Yeah, having a look at this cricket story around um, Australian assistant mm. coach Ben Sawyer going to New Zealand, uh, this is interesting because his name was very much uh, bandied about to take over from Matthew Model, one of the options. Now, Matty Mott's gone to the United Kingdom, of course, to take up a coaching role there. Ben Sawyer's gone across to New Zealand. It, it makes you wonder what they will do uh, with the Australian women's cricket team. Yeah, I'm not sure what they'll, they'll do there, but uh, you can't blame uh, young Ben Sawyer for, for taking opportunity as head coach. He was His role was more as a bowling coach within under Matthew Mott, um, so now he gets to take a role as full head coach, and he'll do that with the, the, with the girls in New Zealand. Um, so, so good luck to him, but yeah, it's very, very open. It's the Australian team now. They're all conquering. We, we know that, and they've got some very, very good senior players, and it'll be hard, be hard for someone to come in and keep that momentum going because they've won everything, so not as if you're going to a team that's uh, like uh, McCallum's done with England. They're, they're right at the bottom of the pile. Uh, the Australian women's cricket team are right at the top, so very, very hard to coach and, and be even more successful. Yeah, I watched that Joe Root innings again. We mentioned it yesterday, the 100, and he's gone past 10,000, and he did look so composed at Lords as they got the Test match win. Sir Alistair Cook was in commentary, of course, has uh, retired. Uh, makes us all feel a bit old. We all remember when he came in as a young guy. But uh, he, of course has the most runs when it comes to, to English cricket. And he thinks that Joe Root will just go miles past him. Um, and it, it, it looks like it, doesn't it? I think he will. Um, he's currently 2,457-ish runs behind Alistair Cook's 12,400 runs in Test cricket. Mm. And I think you know, the age that he is, he's only um, 31 years of age, Joe Root, so he could play for another five years easily uh, if the hunger's there. Um, his technique has been superb. It's never changed at all since he started uh, so there's no reason he's probably the only guy that could potentially get Sachin Tendulkar who's on about 15,500 test runs and with the amount of white ball cricket these days Joe Root could be the last guy to properly challenge Tendulkar's record yeah it's going to be interesting to watch mm. it really is because he's uh, he's been relieved of that captaincy and it seems to suit him now it was brilliant to watch Minji Lee now I watched Minji Lee play golf and she won the US Women's Open 2.5 million well done but uh, it yes. does make me feel uh, a very very, very, very poor golfer. Like her short game, just not that I'm comparing myself to Minchi Lee, but when you see them do it at that level, the short game, like she can literally stop it on a dime. And that's what she did at Pine Needles, which was quite extraordinary. What a young golfer she is. Uh, and then flicking through the other golf pages, Greg Norman's um, this opener of this Rebel Tour. The money is just off the charts. Every single player there, and I know there's only four or five in the top 50 playing, but there's still some big names. Everyone walks away with a check. 
They do, mate. And look, you can't compare yourself to Minji Lee in the golf course, but I can. And her, her short game shit's on yours, Tim. <laughs> but I tell you what, uh, you're dead right. The, the Sharks Rebel League, um, there's 25 million prize money. All top six players in the, the upcoming tournament get a million plus. Uh, the top five players share in 13 million and 5.5 million to the winner. Now, if you look at um, the the current Australian PGA winner, who uh, Jed Morgan, who won the Queensland Royal PGA, he was paid one hundred eighty thousand dollars for that win. He starts in this tournament with one hundred sixty seven thousand dollars guaranteed. So it's big, big bucks, and uh, it's hard to compare when you're taking home to the amount just to sign on for winning a PGA in Australia. It's uh, it's a no-brainer for, for these lower-ranked players. Yeah, it's eye-watering, isn't it? It is eye-watering stuff. Yeah. Stay with us. We've got AFL, NRL, boxing and plenty more. Now, Western Bulldog star Bailey Smith, he accepted that too much ban for headbutting. And, well, he didn't have much option, did he? Was that damn obvious? Out of character... But uh, I suppose um, when it's that obvious, there's not much you can do about it. No, you can't argue that one. It was the, the old Liverpool kiss, wasn't it? And uh, on mm. Zach Tui, and look, Zach Tui actually came out and said, that, look, there wasn't much in it. So he sort of partly defended him, um, which was a nice thing to do. But uh, yeah, he said it was a bit of a brain snap and it was out of character and, and he'll learn from that. Um, he'll actually miss three games because they've got a bye coming up as well. So uh, it'll be good time for him to reassess, get his fitness right. And hopefully be there because he's a key, key man in that Bulldogs lineup, and uh, they're going to really miss him. Every sport needs young superstars, and they, you know, they really need people of character. And 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 Jack Ginnivan at Collingwood certainly offers all of that. But uh, he's been criticised by some, um, and, and Gary Lyons the latest to criticise him for, for for the way that he tries to attract a penalty or, or have things go his way via the umpires. And Gary Lyons said the other day the other day in commentary that this is going to, you know, he will have to pay for this, and he did. But, look, to be honest, I think you've got to take the good with the bad with these guys, and I think that he's a like, he's a breath of fresh air for the game of AFL. Yeah, Jack Ginnivan, as I call him, minivan. He's a little blonde kid running around and doing well. But, yeah, he definitely goes in trying to uh, almost leave with his head and get a head knock. Um, and I think what Gary Lyon may have been referring to as well, he'll, he'll pay for trying to milk um, some of these uh, free kicks. But I think you'll pay with a, a severe head knock at some stage as well, um, his technique. But currently it's working. And I think all players try and sort of get sail as close to the wind as they can with, with rules and try and get the most out of the current rules. Um, and he's doing that really, really well. He's just annoying people. And I think the fact that he's a little blonde kid running around doing it, it's annoying a few of the big blokes um, in the in the competition. So, uh, but look, good on him. I think, he's, I, think, I think he is a breath of fresh air. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Um, Latrell Mitchell, he's tested positive to COVID. Uh, it almost seems like a, a yesterday story, doesn't it, COVID these days? But it sort of put his availability to, uh, for Origin 2 in some doubt because obviously he needs to get back, get back training, play for Souths and, and be picked again. Yeah, pretty unlikely now. I think he's only going to have one game uh, to prove his fitness, and I don't think that's enough for someone like Latrell. I think he needs a couple of good hard games. Saying that, he is a big game player. But, um, yeah, it's frustrating. I think they'll look now to 
to game three for him. What about this ball tracking technology that they're looking at the NRL? Mm. It looks like it's not as far away as some might have thought. It's It's got a bit of the Jetsons about it, doesn't it? The ball tracking in the NRL? Yeah, well, they use it in other sports. They use it in tennis. They use it in cricket. Uh, so why not mm. rugby league? Um, it's predominantly for the to see whether it's a forward pass or not. So that should be pretty easy to um, implement. Uh, and according to Graham Ennisley, all uh, reports um, of current testing have been really, really positive. So I think it'll come in. I think it'll be a, another way they'll be stopping the game and slowing it down, which is frustrating. But it's also a potential another thing to put a sponsorship against him. Uh, yeah, and but it, but it's something they've got to be really careful with, don't you? Don't they? The slowing yep. of the game. And I, I was yep, with, a, I with a group of young footy players. You might. My son and a few of his mates, and they were asking, oh, why can't you look back at this? So if you look back at everything, if everything is able to be taken upstairs, you just would never finish the game. So mm. part of its attraction is its pace of play, and uh, that's why they've brought in you know, uh, you know, know, repeat sets and all that kind of thing. So they want to be very, very careful with that. Now, look, it doesn't matter how fast or slow they play tomorrow, the Socceroos, but this is do or die. They they have to win if they're going to be in the World Cup finals. And Graham Arnold is basically coming out saying that we need to sort of draw on our DNA, that sort of guts and sort of when things are tough, the tough get going kind of mentality with Australians. Yeah, well, we should beat the UAE. We really should if we, if we play well. Um, and then we go in against Peru for the, the other final knockout. So this is a big game, so do or die. Um, I'll be tuning in. I want to see the real Aussie spirit, but uh, unfortunately it's just hard to pluck this thing called Aussie spirit out of thin air when you haven't had any sort of proper build-up and um, you haven't experienced any positive results. Mm. Uh, they've been getting flogged for quite a while. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a make-believe thing, Aussie spirit, unless you're um, actually living and breathing it. Yeah, and Lionel Messi took about spirit, talk about oh, brilliance. Wow. All five goals for Argentina in that uh, friendly win over Estonia um, in Pamplona. It was uh, just just a magician at work. He, it's like the the ball is tied to his boot. Yeah, look, he had a great game too in the it's in final final of uh, which Argentina beat Italy in the champions between best of Europe and best of South America. Look, he set up two yeah. goals, uh, got a penalty penalty goal there as well. But to score five, he's in real red-hot form going into this World Cup. Now, a little bit of love in the pool. Who would have thought Cody Simpson and Australian golden girl Emma McKeon? And they've gone public on the red carpet. They have, mate. They're in the, on the red carpet overnight and, and looking fantastic together. Uh, they're our new uh, power couple. Um, a lot of young girls online have uh, been saying, directing a lot of stuff at Emma, saying she's got big shoes to fill uh, because Cody Simpson's former girlfriend was Miley Cyrus. Well, I say to those girls giving Emma a hard time, she's a swimmer, so she's probably got big feet anyway. So she'll be fine. Yeah, she's a bit of a wrecking ball in the pool, that's for sure. And on the subject of music, what about that song that you and your great mate Brad McNamara wrote, the Doc Neeson song? Can you tell me more? Oh, mate, this this is a highlight of my music music career, albeit very, very short, that uh, Brad McNamara, McNamara and I years ago penned a song called Bring It On um, that we got the late, great Doc Neeson to sing from the Angels, and uh, he performed it. We've got to get it. I was trying to get it... Um, off um, off Spotify, but it looks like someone's <laughs> hacked our account and said that we're they pretend to be us and they're not they're not actually us at all. So we're, we're going to verify that. But uh, yeah, we, we might we might play it to listeners one day. But it's definitely a cracking song. It was about Kylie Minogue and and uh, my love for her back then. Oh, yeah, really? <laughs> it's worth a listen, mate. Bring was it, it on. one way? Was it one way traffic the affection? <laughs> big time. I never met her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the local motion. 
That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. A big thank you to our sponsors. Yeah, fantastic sponsors. O'Brien Beer, the beer that loves you back. Absolutely. And our wonderful producer, Dan McHugh. We're back tomorrow with your daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care. Building. Resilience. Podcast. They play in different arenas, but sports and business have massive similarities. Elite athletes and top business leaders flourish through the physical and psychological demands their high-stress careers place on them. The Building Resilience podcast explores the world of sport and deconstructs the tools and ethos of world-class athletes that can help us create growth and optimize business and life. Come find the Building Resilience podcast on your favorite podcast app.